this on a taking page. A Bible verse was at the top. It said Daniel, chapter three. I can't remember off the top. I see, see, I don't know where you came from, but I know how I was built. See, you can fault me for a lot of shit, but never say I don't care. See, I've been dealing with a lot of things that you would never call fair. And if you love me, baby, don't press a nigga. You making it feel like jail. And I already been locked up once. You ain't know that. That's one place that I never want to go back. Sorry to my mama, cause I make her want to collapse. Ain't no other woman compares. Huh, yeah, let it rain on me. Need it for the roots, I'ma grow my leaves. Cut it down, see the 360 degrees. I learned to give a fuck, it's the birds and the bees. You wanna have my son? He can turn into me. And do all the type of shit she don't like. He can close the door, go MIA. When he need a second or when he trying to write. Now shorty, is that wrong or is that true? I go so hard, trying to pay my dues. If I can't do it, we all gon' lose. And I'm a good ass man, that's why I'm so confused. But God will never give me nothing I can't handle. Even when he took my grandma from cancer. I ain't cried once and you think that's random. Wanna give you what you need, but shit ain't planned and I Got a lot of attachments. I just miss my flight. I'm like, why is this happening? Mm. When everything go wrong. Got up in the cab, then I went back home. Ain't make it to Cali. It hurt my soul. Mama would say, when it rains, a pole. Nah, nigga, learn. Best friends will try to get you. Old things will try to get you. Trying to take the first and last. Yeah. They just craving my initials. Days are filled with dreams of mine. I don't like the evil kind. Why they ain't before the head trying to give me something to keep in mind? No, no, nigga, y'all don't get it. You need to backtrack and get the analytics. On the seventh day, I never rest. I'm slipping like an old transmission. Listen, just because I got a blank stare, it don't never ever mean that I don't listen, nigga. All because I just raised hell without giving a fuck. I'm still telling niggas, man, I really need to wear rubber in this game. I feel like gladiator, killer entertainment. I just hope I got another blessing that could block the devil. Then my tumble thing away from my mistake. that I see the changes and I'm getting ready. Ready for some many more. I'm always there and I ain't never left it. I think that is something you ain't ready for, but I swear.
Yes, sir. You already know what it is, man. It's Thursday. It's 5 o'clock, and that means one thing. It's time for Ben Talks right here live on Radio Free Brooklyn. And it's your boy, the best in the world, a hip-hop junkie, Ben Lewis, alongside my co-host. Uh, the illustrious. made it through another week. I did. I did. You know, just getting older, finer, you know. Just, my God. God really... Ooh, he outdid himself. There you go. Black don't <laughs> black black don't crack. So as you get older, you will you know get finer. But you have I, to, you know, you have to always make sure you know you keeping it keeping it right and tight. So I went to the doctor this morning, got a little checkup or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they was all up in my vagina. Looks, they, they looks like you got a little shot there. too. You got a yeah, little I got the HIV on. test. Uh, unfortunately, um, I unfortunately am, what I am alive. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that means I'm gonna be on that ass forever. Uh, don't mm-hmm. have HIV, no HIV here. Um, waiting for the paperwork for my other testamajiggies. Fingers um, crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know I don't got nothing. Um, I don't even got that herpex, herpes simplex one that y'all all got. Cold sores. I never had one. Um, you don't got mononucleosis. Nah, that seems to be a... nah. That's a nah, only people I know who have that are white. Um, I, have you ever met a black person with mono? No. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, please, if you are a black person with mono, please call in. Yeah. I don't mean to. I just never have heard of it. Um, they did my blood work. Um, they was in my vagina. They got some, you know, cells or whatever. So hopefully, you take you out to dinner first. You just nah, I feel all up on my body. But let wow. me, you know, you see, and, lady and you make cute. you making these niggas take you out on dates. I know, right? And then you just let Shit. this doctor do whatever he wanted. To it was you. a she. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. she was cute. Oh, what's she? You got her card or something? Shut up. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, nah, I'll definitely go back to her. Like, this shit was so efficient. I got there at exactly 930. Mm-hmm. And I got everything. I got, like, uh, HIV test, consultation, nurse thing, nurse visit, blood pressure done, um, the pap smear, uh, um, blood work drawn mm-hmm. in all less than an hour, including paperwork. Oh, wow. Hella efficient. Well, there you go. So. I didn't have quite the eventful day. Oh, um, what happened? No, not nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing well, you know, <laughs> so, honestly, the needles hurt. I haven't been pricked in a long time, so you know, been a while. Guys who have been with Addy recently, I don't know how you guys are gonna feel with that about that. I have been pricked recently. But, oh uh, wait, what do you mean, guys? <laughs> that have been with Addy. Addy is a very virginal girl. Please stop. Anyway. I'm just anyway, saying, though. we're in our late 20s. Everybody been with somebody. That's what I mean. Yeah, I guess everybody besides me. I'm waiting and saving myself to marriage. Okay. For the record. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who was one young king that could, you know, mm-hmm. come in, mm-hmm. change yes, that. Yes, we'll wait. yes, Anyway. Um, <laughs> you ready for these shout outs? I think we should get started. Yes, let's do it. Um, So the first shout out I want to give is uh to the state of New York. Oh, what they do? We're usually last to the party when it comes to a lot of like, bills and a lot of things that are actually cool and worthwhile <clears throat> legalize legalization of marijuana but anyway uh new york is actually gonna uh, propose a bill that would mm. mandate schools colleges not high schools to give 15 percent of the money earned from athletics to student athletes Ooh. now the bill if passed would mandate them to split this 15 percent evenly across the board mm-hmm. for all sports um i don't think that's the most fair but it is a start across all sports yes across all sports women's sports yes um honestly when it comes to the the thing i think california got it perfect Mm -hmm. let these players go out and test their own worth in the market because if you sit there and try to decide who gets what what sports get how much 
then that's going to create a whole host of problems. But if you just let allow them to go and build their own social media following mm-hmm. and allow them to be able to get the money that companies and businesses feel like they are worth, mm-hmm. then that is the absolute best at way to ba- go about it. Minimum. Um, but this is a step forward. This is. is a step in the right direction because... Yeah, this kind of... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that the NCAA has been profiting off the backs of young student mm-hmm. athletes for a very long time. And, it, and it's about time that these states are now getting in the way and saying, you know what? This is what we're going to do. This is going to be a law in this state. And this is going to be a law in that state. So the NCAA is finding themselves powerless in these situations. <laughs> well, very good. Because change was necessary. Yes. Um, I can see a pushback here as this being a socialist policy. Mm-hmm. Right? Like taking money earned from one group of people that like I guess attracted or earned this money yeah and spreading it evenly across the board I, I can yeah of course I, I mean let, let's be real you we know. know that the bulk of the money is coming from the men's basketball sports. teams yeah. men's basketball and men's football we know that's where Correct. the bulk of the money is coming from depending on what school women's basketball you could throw women's basketball into that as well mm-hmm. depending on the program but um like at the very least there would be some sort of payment given to these players so yeah that's a step forward yeah. in my opinion but i already see i already foresee the um the controversy to be yeah. honest and i don't even know how what i what i think about it so i'm going to i'm going to wait until that day comes yeah i mean again it's just proposed so we don't know if it's going to get passed or whatever again yeah. new york is usually last to the party on these things so um mm-hmm. who knows it might get shot down and it might not be a thing at all right but um, okay. The fact that they even allow, uh, they're even willing to talk about it, is is good. Yeah, it's, it's big a step news. Forward. Big news, and I think it's important. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Well, um, now we have H- HBO Max um, yes. gives the Boondocks a reboot for two seasons. And were, you, were you a fan of the Boondocks when it was oh on originally? Oh my god, was I? <laughs> and and this time it's done right. The, the last season of the Boondocks. Oh my god. Um, Aaron Magruder or Magruder? Magruder. Magruder was yeah. not a part of that and last it showed. season. Yeah, yeah, and it showed. <laughs> it showed. It was basically, you know how I knew it showed? Because basically when you can tell when white people are writing black comedy. Why? Oh, yeah. Because they completely and miss and completely oh, yeah. miss appropriately Use the N word. Oh, yeah, they, they, they were they, just throwing they, around the uh, nigga this, nigga that. I'm like, <laughs> black people, when we say nigga, we, there's, yes, there's various meanings for the word nigga. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of ways that it could be used, but we don't just say it indiscriminately. And right. the way, it, every every meaning matters. And they were just saying shit. Yeah, they were just, they were throwing it in like, like seasoning. Yeah. On, <laughs> damn, like, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm actually trying to remove that word from my vocabulary. Okay. Um, because, um, I realize, like, when we hear like the f word for for homosexuals, mm-hmm. right? That is like cringe worthy, right? Mm-hmm. You, you hear that word, you cringe, and it's like it's it's not a word that comes from a good place, and then the word nigga doesn't come from a good place mm-hmm. either. So I'm trying to take it out of my vocabulary and replace it with the word brother, mm-hmm. uh, because we talk about the term of endearment. Maybe if we do look at each other as brother, mm-hmm. maybe we wouldn't be you know as violent or as harmful to one another. Mm-hmm. So I'm really working to take the word nigga out of my vocabulary okay what an I'm interesting really cause yeah. um <laughs> sure um, i gotta be good slowly it's still it's still in there I yeah <laughs> no i mean for me i would say that i, I understand your perspective i yeah. see i see language as the interesting thing of like kind of language can be used as a way to kind of take back power from a negative or toxic situation right so even as far as like the f word as it relates to um a homosexual community but see um, we won't even say it we say the f word 
Huh? Right. I, I wouldn't say it, but <laughs> right. I know a lot of gay men who say it. Okay. And they call each other that as a term of endearment. So they've basically taken the word and within their communities, they use it more affectionately as a way of like, and I know it's it's, it's an odd thing that happens in language and it happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, like bitch is another one, right? Like mm-hmm. there's all these like terms that are charged when used by the wrong party. But yeah, I think that's just kind of how language works. And yeah. it was interesting. I was watching um, Gary Owen, you know, that white comedian. Yes. He's yes. actually kind of funny. Um, he, he's he actually, surprisingly, it's, it's the sauce from his wife. Yeah, she's yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> he, he was saying like he was on the Breakfast Club and Charlemagne was like, oh yeah, like how do you feel about like white people not being able to like say things or, or like where basically where do white comedians draw the line yeah. in terms of like what they can and cannot say? And he was like, trust me, white people know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and trust Gary. Like, no, yeah, for sure. I feel like you know, like, where, yeah, I think they, they, they definitely know. Mm, they definitely you, know when you have like certain when there's certain power dynamics that 100 percent like influences what you can and cannot say, yeah, and or like what you should and shouldn't say. I can't say what you can and can't do. I'm not your mom or God, but um, but I think that that's kind of the code. Yeah, and, and like he said, white people know what they can't say. Oh, they know. And some of them just decide that I'm just gonna go ahead and say it anyway. Yeah, because they they just trying to be cute. <laughs> yeah, and they especially with today's culture, you are not getting away with that with that stuff. No, not at all. So not um, today. No, uh, but I'm glad Boondocks is coming back, mm-hmm. and Aaron Magruder. 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 Yes, and Aaron Magruder is a part of this Amen. reboot so it, it's it'll be what we it, it'll be everything that we loved about boondocks it's not going to be this whitewash version that was the final season mm-hmm. um that made everybody kind of turn it off yep uh so I'm, I'm glad that that's back and, and hopefully this this could go beyond the two seasons but two seasons that's still a lot um just shout out to aaron mcgruber mcgruder mm-hmm. and uh shout out to hbo for bringing back the boondocks amen, amen. yes what we got next all right, so we have. Um, have you ever heard of Slutty Vegan in Atlanta? No, I have oh, not. Oh, well, let me give you a little rundown. Sounds, it sounds like is that a restaurant? It, it sounds is. like somewhere I want to go. Yeah, no, it's like <laughs> it is like the it is the vegan restaurant in Atlanta. It actually just started last year, mm-hmm. but if you go there in Atlanta, like the lines are like ten blocks long. Basically, they serve um, you know delicious like vegan junk food. So it's mm. like all vegan, but it's so it's like tasty. vegan wings, vegan fries, Bur- vegan pizza, burger. vegan burgers, yeah, and, and stuff so like, like slutty is like kind have, of that indulgent type. Have of Have you like, been there? I well, approached it, and it was yeah, the, line the line was too was damn crazy. long, so I never yeah. had the chance. Yeah, because that's the New Yorker in you. He's like, man, nah, 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 none of that. <laughs> but um, basically, you know, they're extremely successful, and in just like two years, they've mm-hmm. they've um they've done extremely well, and so. Uh, that's the, amazing that's yeah, great. yeah in just two years and like a lot of it was the power of social media um and everything so the owner uh the co or the yeah one of the founders of slutty vegan um she basically yeah she basically uh paid off over 30 clark and played the tuition balances for 30 clark atlanta university seniors wow um her name is pinky pinky cole and so I think wow. she was inspired by the idea because first she saw 30, 30. Yeah. And these are seniors, you know, you have to pay your tuition to graduate essentially. Yeah. So like they have like, there's a lot they'll of They'll mess around, not even give you a degree. Mm-hmm. If, if, if mm-hmm. like, they'll let you, yeah, you can walk. You right. ain't gonna get this degree though. Like, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, according to one student, um, she said that I've been trying, I've been in that 
uh, or no, according to um, Pinky Cole, the founder, she said, I've been in that situation trying to figure out how you're going to pay for school. And if it weren't for me becoming Miss Clark Atlanta University, I probably wouldn't have been able to graduate, she recalled. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically she encountered uh, last Friday, she encountered a GoFundMe account from a Clark Atlanta student, Khalil Perry. Um, Perry needed between $7,000 and $8,000 to finish school. And um, he he said he literally just posted it for help and the right person saw it. He said um, Pinky hit him up in her DM, in his DM and was like, what's going on with school? Um, Perry eventually met Cole and she offered to help him out. He said, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I literally sat there for about two minutes, man. And I thought about everything that I've been through these past couple of weeks. I put my blood, sweat and tears into the campaign. Um, the experiences are fulfilling for Cole. It just felt good. It felt rewarding. Cole said, that's the biggest reward in success. It's not the fact that we paid the money, but their reactions and how they felt. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is all on uh, Blavity.com. Yeah, that's dope, man. And and mm-hmm. the thing is, like, he was probably that, like, he was probably like seven, eight thousand dollars short. Mm-hmm. And that is including loans. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you get like grants, you mm-hmm. get these the, the grants for the most part don't really amount to anything. Yeah. Um, but it's the loans where they really kind of bless you and give mm-hmm. oh yeah, take oh you want sixty? Yeah, yeah take sixty. Exactly. You need eighty? Mm-hmm. You ask for, for seventy, I'm gonna give you ninety. Mm-hmm. You know, Here's so your package. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Um mm-hmm. so I'm I'm glad that uh, a young brother was able to finish school. Mm-hmm. Um and because that is something there are a lot of people who end up dropping out and it's not because of their own lack of ambition mm-hmm. but it's really because finances get in the way uh-huh you get to a point in like where sc- tuition rises every semester mm-hmm. and you get to a point where you barely could afford it freshman year you barely could yeah. afford it sophomore year you might get to a point junior year where you just can't straight up can't afford it mm-hmm. and it's hard like you're not going to get a decent paying job without any sort of college degree Right. So you're going to what? You're going to be doing retail, working crazy hours. You got to take a break, save up money, go back. Maybe you have to do like another thing. Like I know people whose college journey has been like all over the place because of finances. Yep. Like they've had to stop for a semester, mm-hmm. work, go back for a semester, stop. Another, so like this is this is great to hear. And I'm glad like the way that the restaurant kind of blew up. I'm like so early, so quick. I'm glad that they were able to to give back and help somebody finish school. Like, that's amazing. What a great way to use your money because, you know, just like, um, you know, I've been really thinking a lot deeply about my own values and mm-hmm. the things that I, you know, really care about. And God has always been able to find, has always put me in positions to where I've been able to be, be able to take care of myself. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that. And with that being said, just thinking about like, you know, what our value is on this planet and this earth. And it's just really nice to see people who like their, like to see that like their whole um, that when they have the success that they have, they're still thinking locally. They're still yeah. thinking like, how can yeah. I make really direct impact? I think it's really easy to like, kind of like, you know, take your money um, that you would have already kind of written off in your taxes and like, you know, toss it to some foundation that you haven't really fully vetted. Right. To see if they're like doing something. And a lot of times you see a lot of, you know, really wealthy people who, you know, babe, and I'm not even saying that that's a bad thing because sure that money goes somewhere. But I think it's really special when I see like people who have a lot and really take the time to engage with the community around them, especially the community that has given them or has put them in the position that they're in. And I think that that's like really powerful for me mm-hmm. to see. And it's really great, a great story. So shout yeah. out to amazing um, man. That's, that's that is how you like help touch the people on a ground floor level. Um, not like going through some big like uh, agency or corporation or mm-hmm. or um, 
you know, charity right. uh, company or whatever. And yeah, it's not just to kinda... knock, yeah, not to knock those because some of them are really some charities yeah. are really good and really like get that money out. Mm-hmm. But there, you know, a lot of times people don't really see what that process is. I just know a lot of people who work for mm-hmm. these foundations, work for like nonprofits and things yeah. like that, and they tell me that they once you know they join these organizations, they're very disillusioned by the by what they see. A lot of times, the people in power are a lot of very well intentioned liberal white folks who have a very paternalistic idea as to like how many should be allocated into communities. And I think, you know, a lot of times those things that the community actually needs get really gets really diluted by that patriarchal perspective Mm -hmm. where like now it becomes, you know, what I think you need versus like what you actually need. Right. Exactly. And, and like something like this, like you said, is a huge deal, right? Because now I'm able to pay for college. That's like one, that's like a huge fundamental worry because all of that, all of that money owed will just have continued to multiply and multiply on interest rates upon interest rates mm-hmm. I'm sure when she reached out to him on DM I'm sure he needed more than seven, eight thousand I'm sure yeah. that's just what he asked for right. but I'm sure that he actually probably needed a lot more like you said with loans and other things that he probably um, took out that you know needs to be repaid so yeah. um, hopefully this you know this young man and all of the other 30 uh, seniors that were in the balance as far as graduating yeah. can now like you know move on and it's crazy like with their life it's crazy. You get loans and grants and everything, and you could still be ten thousand dollars short mm. for your education. Like it's that's craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, the UVA basketball coach declined a raise, um, and he actually prefers that it actually goes to um, his staff. Yep. Now UVA, uh, they just won the national championship in basketball, and he definitely deserves he definitely deserved whatever raise that they're trying to give him mm-hmm. but how noble of him to decide that you know what let me turn this down i have enough cuz we always ask the question when is it enough mm-hmm. like he's making 4 million dollars a year mm-hmm. um and the 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 story of the uva bas- basketball team they were the number 1 seed this go back 2 years they were the number 1 seed in the entire playoffs last year and they got eliminated by the number 16 seed which is the dead last team that barely made it into the playoff they ended up losing so that's an embarrassment to begin with and then they turned it around the following year this past year and they just won the entire thing Mm -hmm. so for him to keep his his players committed for him to keep his players uh heads up and not kind of go into a funk for losing to probably the worst team in the tournament (laughs) is incredible in itself but he like he was offered a raise from the university and rightfully so because he just won a championship and and a championship in college means uh more money mm-hmm. and so they were going to give him a piece of that pie and he decided that he's made four he's he's making 4.1 uh 4.1 million this year and he turned on a raise to to um divvy the money up amongst the staff and that is very noble of him mm-hmm. very noble and from what i know he's a he's a god-fearing guy mm. um he he's he's very much like um you know into his christian values and his faith and everything like that so that was just a noble move and and the staff definitely deserves um the whatever raise that they're going to get hopefully mm-hmm. the school you know, takes his word and set and divvies up the whatever extra money amongst his staff. Right. I was going to say, like, let's make sure that. Yeah, <laughs> because some diligence here. they might be like, oh, wait, you don't want the extra four million. Oh, OK, fine. I'm just right. going to we're going to pay mm-hmm. off the president and we're going to pay the athletic director. Mm-hmm. Nah, um, uh, the staff. And, and this is coming from someone who like I've played organized sports like the staff around the, the head coach deserves as much credit as the actual head coach, because they're mm-hmm. the ones that are. Putting out the fires on the ground floor. They're the ones that like 
hey, this player missed class. They're the ones that's going out and making sure that this guy is on top of his books and mm. on top of his work and making sure that you're not skipping class, making sure that, you know, this player is able to play through his his little girlfriend situation and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It's the staff that goes out and, and does all those little things. And then the head coach, obviously, is the CEO. The head coach makes all the final decisions mm-hmm. and, you know, makes whatever adjustments is needed. But the staff plays a big role in the success of the head coach and in the success of a team. So this is a very noble thing. Uh, it's it's. I hopefully we hear more of these stories coming out. Yes, I really enjoy. Yes, this benevolence and shout out to this man. Yes, uh, Tony doing, Bennett. Doing the right thing. Like yeah, man. This is this is this is the this is what I look forward to in my journey of success. Yeah. And and hope more ho- so than anything else is being able to like have the capacity to do things like that. Yeah, and hopefully the school does the right thing and gives the you money know, to the staff. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and this last one real quick. Uh. My sister, Chef LT, um, Eltamar is her full name. Her birthday is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. She's made strict orders for all of us to be home by midnight so that she can uh, share her birthday, have a birthday shot with us all. So uh-huh. I know, right? Uh, it's a little thing. That's what, yeah, that's what we do in, in, in my family. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the midnight of the person, whoever's birthday it is, we all like come together, got a little cake. Mm-hmm. Although she's a chef, I don't know if we could actually go out and buy her a cake. <laughs> she might criticize yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, she's going to be trash. <laughs> trash. Yeah, right. Um, but she's also doing a brunch on Saturday, and um, I'm actually looking forward to this. Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to um, it. It's it's an all inclusive brunch. I'm starving myself until it. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I need room. Addie, don't starve yourself, Addie. Um, but it's come 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 out. It's brunch with Chef LT. Come enjoy an afternoon of unlimited drinks and food, great music, and Chef LT's pastry experience at her debut brunch. It is a great. It's going to be a great event. You won't regret it. Um, there's special raffle items, uh, so so you 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 pretty much got to be there. Otherwise, <laughs> you're gonna miss out, man. And and I how many brunches? How many brunches charge you one price and give you unlimited food and drinks? Not too many out there. I don't know too many like that. All right, so 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 head over to um, brunch with Chef Lt. Yes, Addy will be there. I'm I will in. be there as well. Um, make sure you got your ticket because I'm I'm gonna be at the door. Okay, and <laughs> I cannot be bought. So <laughs> I'm just put that out there. Well, are you running things at the door? Well, well, I'm following orders. Okay. You know, sometimes you gotta be able to play, play Same back, player. play the back, play the background. I mean, you've been you eating off of them for a long time. So, well, that's 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 a lot to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, to say I would say that I'm a uh, official taste tester. I see. I see. Um, I see who of, you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> a mooch. I'm I am the official taste tester for uh LT's cakes and things. So whenever <laughs> Wait, can I sign up? Whenever <laughs> I don't charge. <laughs> I don't charge. When, whenever she decides to make a brand new cupcake or, you know, try some new flavors with the with the cake or a pie or something delicious. Stop it, my mouth is watering. The cookies. Uh I feel you know like um, Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams on her show, like when she ever talks about food, she has this napkin and she like literally like pats her tongue. Her, she's so she's so fat. <laughs> Her tongue is like leaking of water because when she oh, talks no. about food, and I'm like, yeah, I was, I was getting that girl energy that I need <laughs> to be I was, validated. I was definitely getting there. Uh, Your tongue but, was about to fall out. Yeah, because so, sometimes she just comes home and she's just like, I want to bake, and so she just makes like two dozen cupcakes or a whole cake, or she just makes a bunch of cookies. It's, mm. ugh. Yo. I'm not. I'm not gonna bore you. She's single. <laughs> I'm not gonna bore she you. She interested with the in details. women. I mean, I'm not either, but we could figure it out. Yeah, right. Just make it happen, right? 
I'll, I'll, I'll check on Saturday. We'll see. Yeah, right. All right. We're going to take our first break of the sh- of the program. When we come back, we got our trending topics. Trending, um, trending. And uh, if you're listening out there, call us up. Join the trending topics. Yes. 718-928-9732. That's the number to call us up if you want to join uh, any one of the discussions that we talk about during our trending topics. Once again, that number is 718 718- Nine two eight nine seven three two. We will be right back. We have some juicy shit on the way. Coming up right now is Cartier Grill. It's uh, Bob Brutini. You're listening to Ben Talks right here live from Radio Free Brooklyn. It's your boy Ben Lewis, Addy the Batty. We'll be right back. Luxury. Presidential watch. Bust down face. Tick don't talk. My time don't stop. Cartier, Cartier. Set the vision clear. Now we going. You gotta keep on going. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 
alright, alright, yeah, yeah. Say my name, say my name like you never said it before. Yeah. I'm diving deep inside of you, won't stop till I hit the sea floor. Yeah. Now I've been gone for a minute, I don't mean for you to be bored. Can you hold that nigga down when I blow up like a C4? Oh, can you hold it down? Hold it down, hold it down, hold it down, my lady. Will you be around, be around, be around, be around, sweet baby? On the deep end. Yeah. Uh. When my pen is drying up in a well that I can sink in. Smoking weed to pass the time like we used to every weekend. Yeah. Can I bust it in the morning, girl? I need it when I wake up. You know that I want it most when you ain't got no makeup. Don't you up and leave when I'm on my seats. Oh, what's it gonna be when I'm Get posted up. 
yeah. Back in the field, I would trap. Came from the bottom, we ain't going back. Used to chase treasure, we run up the map. Catch a lick if you front, niggas gon' tax. I made the rules, so I know that's a fact. Bold just to throw it, come back off the glass. Like I'm DeAndre, the boards, I'ma crash. Now it's first class, we don't sit in the back.
nigga, this is what it is, yeah, I got big entities Run to the man upstairs, hoping I blow, I gotta go, yeah, fuck up the road, yeah They gotta know, they gotta know, yeah, you know I can't let them get one up on me I can't let them get one up, yeah, I can't let them get one up on me I can't let them get one up, yeah, see, I'm a shit in life, yeah Cause they want me dead, yeah, they want me gone like in the worst way Look, I see a word, they want me six feet down in the third bay Six feet, six feet, six feet, ay. they won't give me, yeah If you want me, you can answer to my blicky, ay. Don't play with death, I got a reaper's all in a whippy, yeah And we been the blocks from your whole hood, nigga, come here with me, yeah, yeah Nigga, come with me, yeah, 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 yeah Who told you that you was a big, bad nigga, you was a soldier Don't give a fuck about no nigga who done told you that you bad, that you bad, yeah, 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 yeah you depress me, I do no testing I count up and count my blessings Yeah, I deposit, yeah, she come to rest in That's just how it goes, ain't no wasting Only when we vacate, it, we sexing Yeah, 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 yeah Yeah, 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 yeah Yeah, no, no, who told you That you was a big bad nigga, you was a soldier Don't give a fuck about no nigga who done told you Hey, that's one of yo, that's my joint right there. That three on the wave one up joint. Joint is fire. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Radio Free Brooklyn. Ben talks with your boy Ben Lewis, the best in the world, and Addie the baddie. Yeah. After she, I'm gonna give her a second so you can finish. I need a moment so she can finish feeling herself over there. You know, I mean, when you look this good, Mm -hmm. even with slave twists, you know, you just gotta (laughs) gotta flex. Uh huh. Anyway, are you you done? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, it's time for trending topics. Everything going down in the culture. We gonna talk about it. Down. Um. And uh whew, I guess we're gonna start off with oh, a hot, a hot, hot we have to start here. Yes, we are oh, going to man. start. Uh, do you want to start with something else and, and finish with this uh, one? I think so. Yes, That's let's 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 do that. Okay. Because I have a lot to say regarding okay. the right. queen so herself. First, first I wanna remind everybody <laughs> that uh the last topic I definitely want everyone to call in if on your perspective we're gonna be talking about uh, whether or not there's room for black Republicans and their perspectives to be discussed within our community. So we're not right. doing that now, but I just want, you know, you to marinate on that and think about it and we'll let you know in a call in. Yes. Um, okay, but let's start with um I, I kinda wanna go through the Takashi six nine saga. Let's do it. All right. Do you have all the like the threads or some highlights from like the transcripts uh to bring up? Because there was a lot of things that were kind of discussed. Yeah, um, he on- he did um discuss a lot yeah could you pull some of that up because it's important to to uh highlight um so if you don't know uh takashi 69 that is yes in fact a young latino man from um brooklyn i'm gonna say bushwick uh he is from bushwick area yeah uh with the colorful dreads he made a lot of really really great songs i'm not even gonna lie <laughs> 
Um, he also has a lot of tattoos on his face. He was a part of this gang called Treyway. You know, we never really know what the gangs when it comes to rappers um, or artists because you never know if it's persona or if it's like a real deal thing. Um, unfortunately, in his case, it was a real deal thing. And um, he is currently in, in, in federal prison. So he's been there for about a year now. And uh, based on his deal uh, that he uh, got allegedly with the state government. Yes, with, um, the, with the feds. With the feds. Man was um, working with the feds. He's been able to kind of, I guess, weasel his way out of uh, being prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law by revealing uh, a lot of intimate details about the gang and the gang-related activity that he participated in slash orchestrated. Um, and so a lot of people are on kind of two sides of this debate as far as whether or not is he is does he have merit or does he have the right to um i guess quote unquote snitch on people who he uh used to fraternize with now on one hand of the on one side of the debate you have people saying like nah snitching nah period um that's you know the snoop dogg side of things um i actually saw martha stewart commented on snoop dogg's post today basically snoop dogg was like calling out like snitches obviously in reference to six homie. nine yes and uh, martha stewart was like yep that's why I, basically that's why i messed with you snoop because we cut from the same cloth yo so, and now Ma- martha look listen Mar- martha did some martha did hard time look for insider trading okay. and she did not say, say a, a word. word of who gave her the information okay. she, she like, did her time you know what i'm saying mean, she was like my baked goods can wait <laughs> My, my, vin- my vineyard, but not this street cred, bro. Like, right. out of here. So that's like <laughs> the Snoop Dogg and Martha side of things. Is right. like, nah, you ain't doing that. And on the other hand, people are like, oh well, nah. His manager Shadi apparently or allegedly um, hooked up with his uh, baby mother. Allegedly yeah. put a hit out on him. So there's a lot of details kind of floating around. And robbed him. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff floating around. A lot of things floating around, and who knows what provoked what or whatever. But you know how long? When 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 do you? This is the whole Ryder Diamond concept. Like how 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 far do you ride, and when when is it okay to to get off the ride? Is it okay to get off the ride? Do you die while on the ride? <laughs> Right. So these are all the philosophical questions. Hard are you down for the dying truths. part of the ride? Yeah. These are the these are the questions. Um or whatever. So anyway, uh let's here's, read here's up some the, of Yeah, here's here's the transcript. This, uh, I, I don't know what you wanna uh get into. What's going on? All right. I just wanna hear some highlights. I just saw some like there were some things that he said that were really crazy. Uh, <laughs> um that were like extremely Yeah, so um I I, I guess I'll start with uh, with this one. When they ask him, when did you become a member of Nine Trey? Mm-hmm. He answers, November 2017. Where you initiated? You had to shoot your 31 to be initiated. You had to do work, like cutting someone's face. Ooh. Mr. Hernandez, but you were not initiated, right? He said, right. I just had to keep making hits and giving financial support to the gang, equipping with guns, like, so they could buy guns. So did you get, so what did you get from Nine Trey? I would say my career, credibility, protection, all the above. Treyway was something that we could market. And he said, could you demonstrate the handshake? I need two people, but... And then he did the handshake. Who taught you that? I'm doing it with Shadi a lot. The nine with your index finger and your thumb. Nuke taught me. Mm-hmm. I think I was just getting the hang of it. We show up at a strip club in Brooklyn. 
I was at a strip club that he showed up to one night. Mm. Um, very. So are scary. you implicating yourself in? No. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I am. And Takashi six nine. It had to be a very scary moment. Okay. It was Takashi who's about five foot three. Look at look at look at him just snitching. <laughs> just look at singing that. like a canary. Don't do that. <laughs> Snoop Dogg would be and Martha. Martha would have you. It was, your head. it was Takashi, my boy Mitch was, No, he wasn't with me. I, I, I'd More gone names. to the ATM. Look at oh, him. shit. <laughs> I can't so you left the gun for Takashi behind the red. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he said, I think I was just going to hang of it. We show up at a strip club in Brooklyn, Angel Strip Club. I don't want to be quoted. I wasn't making a sign right. He pulled me to the side, like, yo, if you're going to be nine trade, you have to make the sign right. Um, he said, did you ever see Mr. Ellison make the sign? He said, yes. Mr. Hernandez, if you could identify the people in the photograph. He said, I don't know the guy in the L.A. hat. Um, and what is Mel Murder wearing? He said, Cincinnati Reds. He's the grandfather. I mean, godfather of the Nine Trey Bloods. Does Nine Trey have a leadership structure? Yes, there was a street lineup and a prison lineup. How did the prison lineup work? My understanding is that with the prison lineup, there was a higher up to get anything sanctioned on the street. So this guy, like, hmm. he he was he, he was he was he was getting pretty detailed. Okay. Um, and now I have two sides to this, right? Okay, go ahead. Uh, the people that have lived the street life, the mm-hmm. people that have actually, you know, been in police custody, was actually facing years, and actually was stayed solid and didn't snitch. Mm-hmm. They have every right to uh, say what they got, what they want to say about mm-hmm. about six nine. Yeah. Um, I feel like the rest of us, myself included, how many of us know if we get faced with 40 or 50 years, mm-hmm. are we going to stay solid and not tell on anybody? Because well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. because there are people who live that lifestyle and, and like a good percentage, a good 85, 90 percent of them snitch. These are people who are in the lifestyle, grew up in the streets, mm-hmm. did all the street shit and they still snitch. Mm-hmm. So a kid who. And I'm not justifying what he did. Again, if you if you are partaking in a certain activity right. with a group of people, uh, it's wrong of you to try to throw all these people under the bus as if you were completely innocent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where most of the criticism comes from. Um, but I do feel like a lot of blogs, a lot of people are still like using six nine for clout. Mm-hmm. They're still like talking about the fact that he's snitching for clout. Um and there, and a lot of people who have never even thought to even be in those type of situations are like saying like, oh, I would never do this. I would never snitch. And it's like, you just don't know. Well, here's my thing. I think that, you know, snitch snitching is such a controversial term within our community. Right. Um, I think here's here, here's the imp- inappropriate use of the word snitching. Snitching me snitching in its inappropriate form is I was minding my business with my family or by myself or whatever. I'm not affiliated with anything crazy or rowdy or nothing. And I see uh, somebody shoot or somebody tries to like shoot someone that I know or someone that I see in the neighborhood and or tries to attack me or somebody that I know. Right. I go to the feds and report them. That is not snitching. No, that is not snitching. I'm not affiliated with anything that you're doing. You're trying to harm me and the people in my community. I don't know you. I don't feel safe. I'm going to call the police. That is like get these people out of here, please, officer. Unfortunately, in our community, a lot of times that is regarded as snitching. Yeah, exactly. That is is really problematic. Yeah. But this is textbook snitching. No, this is to me. There's textbook snitching. (laughs) Textbook snitching is a number of things. Textbook snitching. uh, I watched recess. I I learned my whole code of ethics from the show Recess. Goddamn Randall. Recess every day, 
And you do watch a lot I of do, recess. I do watch recess every day. And Randall was a true ass snitch because he the thing was. was that it wasn't that he had a fundamental issue with where any of them were. No, any of the he was out there playing kickball with them too. He was just mad because he wasn't gang gang. Like, that's why he was mad. So he went ahead and got his little notebook and went ahead and snitched to his little bestie, Miss Finster, your little ass snitch. Now, the other type of snitching is what Takashi 69 is doing, which is the worst type of snitching mm-hmm. to me because it is one in which you have participated in the set in said thing that you are now snitching right. on. And my thing is that, like, I wouldn't if I like as far I know that I wouldn't be and I wouldn't do that because if I was a part of it slash orchestrating because he was the one talking all that shit. He was the one starting a lot of those. Yeah, beefs. He, was. he was the one provoking a lot of conflict. And obviously at the time, the gang felt they were untouchable because, yes. he had, you know, number one hits. Um, you know, it was it was adding to his clout and to his. That, like, and let's be real. Mm-hmm. Takashi had a very big moment in hip hop. Oh, he did. Very big moment. Like I was at Powerhouse last year, and when Takashi came out, the roof damn near blew off of the Prudential Center, mm-hmm. and he just came out and did what's equivalent. He did one song equivalent to a three minute set, mm-hmm. and he had the whole crowd jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. And I like his music. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, me I, too. You know, he's problematic as shit, but I like him. <laughs> I like his music. And it's it's one thing if. He was just like, okay, you guys are my managers. I'm making music. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, you guys are doing all this stuff behind my back? Right. Like, it's one thing if that was the case. And now he's he's um, testifying exactly. so that he can continue to have a career. But it's like, mm. oh, you guys are doing this? All right, I'm down too. Look, I'm going to say something controversial. My thing is, here's this man, this you know Latino man who doesn't seem to be of Afro, Afro descent. Who's throwing around the word, the, throwing throwing around the n word, right. hanging around all these black people, or whatever? And now all of a sudden, he's put in a situation where he's they have enough to charge him and to take him down for life. Yeah. But instead, the federal government decides to use him as a way to get at these other black men. Yeah. And to me, the optics of it look bad mm-hmm. because I'm just kind of like you know you can kind of play up. You know, I mean, he has a bunch of tattoos on his face, and I'm not saying that Latinos have it necessarily easier. But what I am saying is that there is a certain level of fair skin privilege. I think that might be at play here. Yeah. Um. I I think that if this was like, you know, if he if he if based on what I'm seeing, like yeah, he didn't start the gang or whatever, and yeah. yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot they can like they can use him to access as far as like the operations as far as the gang, but it just looks like he's really playing into this hand of like kind of like it kind it kind of is like kind of like uh you know there's stories of this where like you know there's like the little white boys in high school who like join or join the the gangs or whatever yeah. they do and then like things go bad and then they're able to get a plea deal yeah and they're able to say oh I, I, was I was coerced into, into joining into yeah and so to me now he's daniel hernandez you know mm-hmm. now he's like you know extremely respectful now he's not you know he's trying to basically distance himself from this body of black men who have rallied around him to give him this career now of course I don't really know all the inner workings of the betrayal and all of that. I mean, I, I guess at a certain point, if somebody does betray you, a lot of those things are kind of off the table. If somebody at this point, yeah. if somebody's snitching on me, then I'm telling. Like, you know, that to me, that's that's where I... If yeah. you go into the feds and telling them the shit that I did and you were there, oh, well, then you're you're going down too. I'm, that's that's where the code is done. Yeah, now, but, now the question remains. Mm-hmm. Let's say he, he does all the snitching, he does all the telling, working with the feds. He gets... Three years, right? For example, I don't know. Okay. I don't know what he's he's. I don't know what his deal is, um, exactly. But let's say he gets three years, he comes out. Do you think he can continue a rap career? Ooh, child, that's a very good question. Can he continue a rap career after post snitch? 
No. Okay. No. I disagree, but why why do you say no? Now, okay, it depends. Now, there is honestly, like from what I'm seeing on social media, there really seems to be a huge divide in terms of who agrees yeah. that he's a snitch and who mm-hmm. doesn't. And it right. seems as though like a lot of the younger people who don't who didn't really grow up with any type of code of ethics, they grew right. up on like they grew up on like Facebook and the, like the neighborhoods were cleaned up when a lot of these right. kids. Right. They grew up on Snapchat, uh, so they don't live in the real as life. As for you and myself, yeah, the neighborhoods exactly. were not as clean. You know, like <laughs> you know? That, I take that shit seriously. Yeah, there were not white people jogging <laughs> in the streets when we were coming up in our right. neighborhoods. So I take that I take that shit seriously right. personally. And I think that all the people who kinda have a little bit who are a little bit on the old millennial or older Gen Zers, right? I would, I would say, mm-hmm. yeah. But he he has an entire market below that. Yeah. The um the though the Gen Zers are below us. Yeah. And so yeah, exactly. So like basically Gen Z and below seems they would to be still rock rocking with him, with him. I feel like. So I think as far as like they're the ones who are making the culture right now. Yeah. So he does have a and that's his age mates anyway. Mm-hmm. So like he has a definitely a shot. I, I would say with that demographic, I think it would just definitely be a huge tension and divide there between. The fans of him and those who are not fans of him. I mean, to be to be honest, the man makes great music. So I'm not even gonna sit here and hold you and say yeah. that I care enough that if he like, I don't care. It's nothing to do with me. To be honest, I'm Yo, just commenting. I'm just commenting what uh, Ben, the script that Ben has in front of me. <laughs> if I say anything problematic, Ben wrote it. Um, Yo, I saw when you wrote that. On- <laughs> I was like, yeah, she's trying to blame me. I, for- yeah, I just need to blame you in advance. Okay, this all comes back to me. But anyway, um, because I, in, in case y'all see me bopping and y'all try to call me out of my bullshit, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it's possible that he could have a career. I think it's gonna he's gonna have to be very much so surrounded by the feds while he's doing said career, because um, it seems like he's snitching on a lot of people, both out of prison and inside. Yeah, because because apparently he's brought up uh, Casanova, mm-hmm. he's brought oh. up uh, Jim Jones, and he's what? apparently he's brought up uh, Cardi B as well. And I, I do have I did give you some inside information about that, but we're not gonna discuss it on the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as who's who's gang affiliated and who isn't, um, but uh, yeah, uh, man, it seems like he just. I mean, but what? Well, why? Like, I'm just confused. I mean, I'm sure that was in order for him to get any kind no, of deal. Right, he had to spill everything. Right, and there's there's a there's a method to the madness. When police find someone, it's so few and far between at least we're led to believe that it's so few and far between mm-hmm. uh the number of people that actually want to are willing to work with the police so yeah. when they find someone who was connected as 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 you know deeply as he was and uh-huh. he's willing to work with the feds they're gonna dig up every case that has anything to do with the gang that he was affiliated with and they're gonna try to get mm-hmm. cases on a bunch of names mm-hmm. you know it's it's no secret that like when when di- the feds watch hip hop as closely mm-hmm. as anything else. Mm-hmm. They watch hip hop as close as anything else, and that's why they try to tell people not to use, to use prop guns in your videos. Mm. Don't use real weapons. Don't use real drugs because they're watching all of this. How many people you could just dig up uh, at least twenty people who got locked up in trouble, and then these are low level rappers to mid level rappers because of something that they said in their lyrics. Like, for example, YNW Melly. He he was oh, he was an artist, right? The alleged murderer. He yes, actually, he's actually in jail for it, right? Yeah, he's in jail right now because they used the song "Murder on My Mind." Yeah, the song is actually pretty catchy. Yeah, it's I very catchy. To, I was nah, like, <laughs> uh, he's he's very he's a very talented Ooh, talented young that man. That was scary as shit. I was like, yeah. why am I bopping to this murderer song? <laughs> <laughs> but they used the lyrics in that alleged song murder. against him to lock him up, and it's like, yo, the feds are watching hip hop. Oh, they yeah. definitely are. They're watching it as closely as anyone that's out there committing an actual crime. Like yeah. so so Gotta we know careful. like when they when they find somebody who was in hip hop who 
and in the streets. Yeah, and in, involved in all this stuff, willing to cooperate. They're going to try to get information on everything. Damn. On everything. And he is willing to work with just about anybody. But back to the original question, whether he can continue a, a, a career after this. And I say, yes, he can. Now, granted, will he, he's not going to be able to get any features because <laughs> he's not going to be able to get any features from anybody mm. notable. Anyone above 21. Um, not no, not just that. Anybody, because because there are people out there who are maybe trying to make a name for themselves, mm-hmm. and maybe people who want clout, and they don't care whether it's good clout or negative clout. That's and true. they might say, "Oh, let me get on a record with six nine. I think I think Kanye could would, would possibly do it. Kanye could. I he Kanye he did could. survive supporting Trump. Yeah. So <laughs> Kanye was like, you know, I don't agree with what he did, but you know, that's my brother. Yeah, and I yeah. Ka- I like think that. Kanye Kanye could definitely mm-hmm. be be the one to, yeah. to 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 bring him back into the fold, but. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I just, also, just quick thing on Kanye. Did you know yeah. that he's the highest earning? Yes, I did see that. I did see that this year. Those Them those Yeezys the, the Yeezys selling. and his um Sunday service, which is mm-hmm. his, which is drawn a lot of controversy between um the traditional Christians and mm-hmm. the 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 more uh I guess I, I don't know how to put it, but the traditional Christians and everybody else yeah are kind of debating over Kanye. But um let me just finish. Get, mm-hmm. Let me get yeah. this point out about six nine. Um, as far as getting a feature from anyone notable, he's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but the way the game, the way hip hop is ran now, it's ran by bloggers. It's ran by these nerds that run mm-hmm. these companies. So firstly, he still has a record that is playing on Hot 97 and Power 105. The the joint with a boogie that that record still gets played steady. Mm. Um, he doesn't need to perform in the U.S. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't need to perform in the U.S. to make money. He doesn't. That would be such a liability. He too. doesn't need Hot 97. He doesn't need Power 105. He doesn't need any of the hip hop stations around the country. Mm-hmm. He could put something on SoundCloud. It's gonna go crazy. That's true. He like you can make money he off of streams. Money, yeah, yeah. You could still make money he could make off money of streams from his like little like hideaway camp. Right. He could be. He could be in federal custody, and you know, find a way to maybe one of the perks of him snitching. I need a studio set up in whatever apartment mm-hmm. I give me. Yeah. And he can make records and just put it out from there and make hundreds of thousands of dollars from streams. That's a fact. From f- suburban kids who don't give a shit that he was snitching because <laughs> what they hear they is do that. the same. Yeah. And what they hear is that, oh, wait, those guys he was hanging out with kidnapped him. Yeah. They went into his house and robbed him. They were sleeping with his baby mom slash girlfriend. Mm-hmm. They were about to put an attack on his, put a hit out on his mother. I would have told on them too. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that identify with that. As opposed to that identify with the street side. Right. So on the street side, which unfortunately doesn't control shit in hip hop or the culture. Yeah. They, like they don't control shit. All it is is reputation, really. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. get some respect from certain guys, fine. But when it comes to making money, he could absolutely put out records on SoundCloud mm-hmm. and streaming services and make money off of the streams and go tour in other countries and make money off of tours and still be one of maybe like a, a very high grossing act without performing in america because for the most part before he got locked up he was banned from a lot of venues he was. He's a in, the, in this country yeah he was a huge liability yeah. because nobody wants their venue shot up exactly <laughs> so he got the barclay shot up like god damn it like it's hard to, to like get a gun into anywhere in New it York. really is like, <laughs> it's like and he got that shit shot up like Anyone who's been in Atlantic sees the police presence on Atlantic Ave. Yeah. Especially around the Barclays. And he got that shot up. He's definitely a liability. A huge liability. Yeah, but it's like he could still make money without performing in the U.S., without getting radio plays, without uh, you like having to get 
play or having to do interviews from any any of the hip hop stations in this country. Mm-hmm. So I think as far if he wants to, he can, can definitely continue a rap career. And there's people that's going to say, I'm not listening to a single thing that he puts out because he's a snitch. There's people, I'm not going to work with him because he's a snitch. Mm-hmm. But if I am a low-level or mid-level rapper <laughs> and uh, 6 9 hits me up and says, yo, I, I, I want a feature... And I know that what, if he's on a record, it's going to go. Yeah. What you expect me to do? I'm taking that call. Yeah. The thing is that, you know, we're, we live in an age, and to your point, which is, I agree, like controversy sells. Like you yeah. said, everything is run by bloggers. Everything's run by, like, the instigation. We're the culture of instigation. Yeah. So anything that can provoke attention, like, honestly, being hated or disliked, it's, not, it's actually almost a pretty good thing for your career. I mean, look yeah. at Kanye West. He's now the highest paid hip hop. He survived act. supporting Trump. He survived that it. is like cardinal sin, mm-hmm. like number two, I guess, behind snitching. Yeah, no one will <laughs> like, stop buying them Yeezys. No. So. No. Exactly. All right. So let's move on. Yes. Uh, right. Which one you want to tackle next? All right. Um. Let's see. Okay. Should dead celebrities be subjected to hologram tours that use their likeness? That is the creepiest shit that uh-huh. I've ever heard. So there was just a tour that was recently announced um, coming 2020 is going to be a hologram tour of Whitney Houston. Um, now, I don't know if if you don't know, Whitney mm-hmm. Houston is my favorite singer of all time. Num- top Hands down. I mean, she's, she's hands down one of the most gifted, I would say, talented singers 100%. of all time. She is my favorite singer of all time. Yeah. Um. So and I certainly miss the late, great Whitney Houston. In fact, me and Whitney Houston share a birthday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's my soul sister. And I understand her. You know, she's a little crazy. She's a Leo. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, Leos, um, Leos are crazy. <laughs> he's expressive. And controlling. And then ex- expressive. And they know it all. Decisive. And they think they're better than everybody. Intellectual <laughs> and confident. Great. And they think they're better than everybody. Confident. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, anyway, um, hater. Um, She's going well, to be. You know, I'm a Scorpio, so it's a power struggle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's going. Her likeness will be used on this multi-city, uh, possibly country tour. Who gets paid off of these hologram tours? The estate. Oh, whatever that means. Okay, yeah, whatever that means. Mm. We don't know what that means these we days. Don't know what the hell that means? <laughs> so the, the estate, estate could be anybody. Mm-hmm. The label, right? You know, because unfortunately, her daughter passed away. Um. So yeah, like, what does that mean? But yeah, the estate will be granted uh, so at least some portion of the money, along with the producers and the organizers and involved. Um, so I just I was just thinking because there was a, a Tupac hologram thing that was yeah, at a Coachella, that. yeah. Um, which <laughs> honestly, uh, for me, is extremely disturbing. Yes. Like I'm, I'm and here's the thing. I'm not even saying that it shouldn't happen. I'm just saying that for me personally, it's disturbing today. No, it's, it's something it's a scary that scary sight. Yeah, you know, I understand <laughs> that the future was always coming. I remember when I was younger, and I yeah. was like, you know, when I used to have holograms and shit. Well, we thought they'd be and, flying cars, but uh huh, exactly. What was that? The Jetsons. The, the Jetsons yes, of the future. yes, the Jetsons. Uh-huh. Yeah, they had all these, you know, things that I was like, wow, look at the future. Never thought I'd be a part of it. <laughs> um, so quick in my life, and here we are. Um, you know, creating likenesses of people digital likenesses that look very convincing and i don't know i mean i think there's no there's no i don't know i just i i, I would I, I don't know if i would feel comfortable with that like if my likeness was used 
That's creepy as hell. Yeah. Like, I kind of would know, just like want to be like, I want to be at peace. Yeah. It's, I it's, want to be. It's one thing if you know, like, okay, she's, she lives in California and she does a hologram concert uh, in New York. Mm-hmm. As you know, this person's alive, but you know, this person's dead. Right. Like, so now like this, this could be a way of like, let's say you had a 10 year deal with the label. <laughs> and like you die five years into your deal, like they're gonna be like, nope, you're still Ooh, gonna be working for us. Point. Like you're, you're still, we're gonna make this hologram of you. We're gonna use this hologram of you, and we're gonna sell tickets. Three sixty deal, right? Like, <laughs> like even in death, you could still be indebted to these Ooh. labels, and that's what this opens the door for. That's a really good point. That's a really good point, and that's scary to me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not for it. I don't like it, but I know that it's inevitable because I know that. You know, capitalism is all about. Yeah, if they want to do it, it will happen. And they don't care how weird it is. No. in the process. And you know what? There are people who say, "I never got to see Whitney in concert," <laughs> and uh, it's it's forty dollars, fifty dollars right, to go see go her see in hologram. Digital, you know what? Let me go. Maddie. Let <laughs> me go. Yeah, exactly. Let me go and see this hologram of Whitney uh-huh. in concert. Yeah, and because I, I I'm gonna imagine that they have to, they're gonna have to use imagery. From previous shows and previous concerts mm-hmm. and previous performances, mm-hmm. so like you might get to see a, a classic all-time performance. Oh, of course they, they might. They, shit, they might try to start doing this with Michael Jackson. Oh, well, come yeah. come relive the first time he did the moonwalk. Yeah, no, and what they'll do is they'll they they have enough technology to basically exact your likeness and then to animate it to make it move in a new way. Yeah, so they exactly. can like give her. They can have. They can take on the subtleties of the previous movements. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, modernize it and put make someone her, in one of those mocap suits. Yeah, they can make her do the Millie Rock if they want to. They could do whatever they want to do. Like she could twerk or whatever. She could look. I mean, she could be dancing to Megan Thee Stallion. But Whitney wasn't on the stage. Whitney wasn't the thickest, so I don't. But don't they could do whatever they want with them technology. <laughs> they can put her hands on her knees <laughs> and make her twerk. They, they um, definitely could. But you know, this is also interesting because I think that right now we're really primed for something like this to happen because. Most of us live on our phones. Most of us don't really care about uh, reality anymore. And I think there's a huge disconnect. That's why so many people are depressed between like what is real and what is not. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like this just kind of reinforces that whole kind of um, the spirit of this culture that we live in right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. All right. Are we going to address the queen and and, and the, you know, the the, the word of advice that she gave to you black women. Oh okay. <laughs> so Fantasia was on the Breakfast Club. Looking beautiful. Oh yeah, she did. She did look beautiful. And and the words that she said was was even more so beautiful. Did you happen to catch what she said? I happened to catch I shared it on my story. But let's play it again. Um and oh hold on, let me let me pause the background music. But yeah, I, I shared it on my story. She and, and this was the most beautiful thing that I've ever heard a woman say. I must, I must admit. Let's go. Okay, I'm gonna play it and then. Um... Oh God, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm weary, y'all. You know what I mean? We I'm need weary. more men to stand up and and lead the way. Most women are trying to be the leader. Okay, why did YouTube want to put an ad? Um, yeah, we're playing off of YouTube. Just gotta wait for the for the ad. Okay, there you go. That's why you can't find a man. You can't be the king in the house. Fall back and be the queen and let mm. your man lead lead the way. So I salute you for that. What does that mean? You can't be a leader because a lot of women look at like, like, no, you know, I could lead in my household. I could do this in my household. What does that mean? That's not how it's supposed to be. And that's why we bump heads. And I feel like it's a generational thing. And we could talk. We can go real deep on that. And I might need, I don't need to start that. But it's a generational curse. Mm-hmm. 
and how society have placed our men mm-hmm. and women have to, to to stand up and be the mother and the father and the provider. And so then now you are so bad. You so you can't be told nothing that when the right man come, you lose him because you're trying to be the, the man. I was going to say right. man. Well, that yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, you so, want you want you want to uh, go ahead. Y'all take I mean, it away. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start with the positive. Um, so I think she had brought up some really good points. I think that um, what she's bringing up, I think, is really important to to consider mm-hmm. is the historical reasons for why black women um have taken on this roles of being the more patriarchal me- members in the households. A lot right. of all of that is tied to white supremacy. Mm-hmm. All of it is tied to white supremacy. Black men have been targeted by the by the government um, to be rem- systematically removed from their homes. Systematically, if they, they knew that they could destroy the black family by by disenfranchising the black man. First, it began in the 1970s with deindustrialization. Once all the factory jobs were gone, um, they had a plan. They would introduce private prison labor and mm-hmm. they knew who they were going to get, who where they were going to go to get it. They introduced drugs into the black community they knew who was going to sell it they knew who was going to use it so all of those things were all systems that fractured the black community to where um black women had to take on these roles of being in charge or being the leader and all of these things date back to slavery too yeah when you think about it a lot of times um you know men were beaten uh killed in in definitely in higher rates than women because women were used to breed right and and so with that being said, because women were used to breed, they were used as caretakers, used to hold things down and, and, yeah. and to monitor and to manage. The men, and, the men were taken away from the children that they that they breed that right. they bred. So so that is that is a, that what she was saying as far as the historical piece there is important. But on the other hand, I think it is also important to consider that because of all of these tragedies, I don't like to really point fingers. I know that. You disagree, but I don't like to point fingers about like men and women and da da because I know a lot, especially with black men and black women, because a lot of it is rooted in white supremacy. But we got to think about it. The reason why a lot of these black women continue to take on these roles is because they're not being presented with a leader who is ready to hold down the household. So it's like, yeah, in your situation, Rich Fantasia, with your, I'm a presumably rich whoa, husband. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I wouldn't say she's well, rich, or you know, well off. And I think that, <laughs> and her husband's not rich. Well, whatever it is, whatever it is or her situation is I don't think it's necessarily the general rule what I see a lot is a lot of men leaving their kids what I see a lot is a lot of men not stepping up to be the partner that they said that they were going to be for the woman right and and as particularly within our communities because a lot of times the message that we've received over time is that it's an option to leave isn't we've seen we've seen a lot of times many of us have grown up without father figures or know a lot of people who've grown up without father figures it's an option that is on the table and a lot of times you see that that happens even 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 outside of the circumstances, even outside of uh, mass incarceration, even outside of you know being murdered by the police. You yeah, see a some, lot of men making guys, these decisions. Yeah, some guys just don't take the responsibility. Exactly, of, of, and of so having a family and to, raising a family. Right. Yeah. So what happens to the black woman is that yeah, that does that does then activate that whole kind of like I can do shit by myself because you have to. It's survival mode. It's a response to trauma. So it's not. It's not so much so. Yeah. And of course, I, I think her point is taken. If you have a really like my thing is, I know you won't agree with me or you're probably going to deny. But I would love to defer to a nigga. I know that sounds crazy, right? That sounds I would love. I like, don't believe you. I, I swear. <laughs> like, you know, like to me, that is. I don't the, believe you look believable. You sound believable. But I just don't believe you. <laughs> that's the threshold for me for, for me to be to, have, to find a partner is that mm-hmm. I have to know that if I, in my absence. 
or even in my presence that you can be the decision maker that will make well, sound it should, decisions yeah, it on should my be behalf. in your presence not like in, in my either, absence in, but in, yeah. in either way I want to know with the partner that I have that right. you are able to make those sound decisions because as a woman I understand that I have a lot more things within the household and things that I might just be I might just have to do right like if I had decided to have children right and there's gender roles there's all those things that kind of come into play right. I understand those things and I don't completely disagree with all of them but my thing is that I just need to know that the partner who is in question is a viable person for me to do that with. Now, you have a lot of men who don't do shit, who actually don't earn any money, right? Who are cheating on you, who expect that same respect. And that's the problem. So maybe your situation is different, young lady. But oh, not young lady. Respect. Grown woman. But um, that is not the case for everybody. But point is taken. Because if you do have... A situation where it is a favorable situation and you really have a dude that's holding it down and you really like my thing is like I'm not I'm not pressed for that role of leadership I'm not pressed for that role of like I gotta be in charge of everything I don't want to be like black women we have so much shit to do we have we always have to be in charge of everything we're always managing everything it would be so nice to defer it would be so nice to know that somebody else has got it you don't even know and I talked to a lot of black girls that I know about this and maybe it doesn't come off that way because a lot of the niggas are dealing with are not the men that we need in order to do that. It's just are not. You, are you finished? I'm done. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not there. I think. Um, I, I think you kind of played a little bit into what she said. Uh, what she was saying, like, yes, due to societal issues, right? Women are forced to be that leader in the household, and I think that you're in such a habit of doing that that when the right guy tries to come when the right guy comes along and he is trying to get you to submit or he's trying to tell you like yo i can do this it's like you're not trying to hear it because you're basing all yeah, like you're basing you're, you're judging him off of all these past experiences of guys who were not able to lead or could not lead or were not capable of leading and so and just like she said you bump heads with the right guy and you end up losing out on that right guy because it's like yo i'm I've, I, what more do i need to show you you know what i'm saying because like i what tends to happen is women tend to give a lot of chances to the wrong dude. That's like, fair. Uh, the wrong guy gets a whole lot of chances and the right guy messes up one time and he's like, yo, nah, I gave this other ain't shit dude a bunch of chances. So I'm not uh, this this guy who who, you know what? For the most part, he's been good. But this one ch- like this one red flag, I'm not dealing with it. I'm out. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and those guys tend to end up falling by the wayside. And those guys tend to have a harder time getting a woman to submit to them, no matter how responsible they are, no matter how much they've shown you that they could lead, no matter how much they've shown you that they could be the head of a household and make sound decisions and not make emotional, impulsive decisions. It doesn't matter because so many of our women have dealt with guys that just aren't responsible, that just do a bunch of the wrong shit. And it was just kind of refreshing to hear Fantasia come out and say this. And uh, of course, it was going to be met with backlash because it's a bunch of it was backlash from a bunch of women who's dealt with guys who were not responsible. Right. Guys who did not exhibit the ability to be leaders of a household, to be kings. I can empathize with the men out there who are receiving this information, identifies that and other people can confirm that they behave like that. Mm -hmm. Now, from the perspective of black women, we just don't know too many men like that. So that's very difficult for us to process right. as as because as, as a as a general rule of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like now in this particular case, I completely agree that yes, I have seen it 
maybe have been a party to it of maybe being well, actually I've never found anyone great but uh, no, you that's, know. that's that's sad <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, I mean, here I am but um but like you know I like I I can I can definitely see how that makes sense it's particularly for that group of men of course we hear every day um there's there's men who who have these qualities or these characteristics right. um, that get looked over um, for like the bad guy. And part of that too is like a pro- definitely a problematic thing that I think a lot of women do too, is that like we, we respond better to trauma. We respond better to like fucking like terrible things. Unfortunately, a lot of us grew up in dysfunction mm-hmm. and a lot of times uh, the relationships that we kind of see or the relationships that we value are ones that are characterized by, by extremes. Like, extremely passionate because it's either like extremely good or extremely bad and those are the these are the circumstances that we a lot of us have been socialized and grown grown into and that is kind of our example of what love looks like so a lot of times like you said when that stable partner is introduced um i can see how that can be you know how how men how the the few good men or whoever these people are never met them um might end up receiving some of those unhealthy characteristics from women who have been through these tragic things. But my thing is just in terms of like, I just got to see more of these good men. That's just my thing. Like, so to me, it's kind of like, it's a point, but it's not a point that supersedes the reality of the majority of the situation that we see or that we experience as women um, with the amount of fuckboys that are out there and the amount of men that are getting away with doing terrible things. And this kind of like, this kind of plays into this, this kind of message without that context or broader explanation kind of makes men who are trash feel like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, right. That bitch, they, she didn't she lick my toe. <laughs> yeah, and I was fucking her friend and she was sitting there trying to tell me what I was going to do in her house. Like, these are the men who are going to latch onto something like this uh-huh. and be like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and to me, it's like, if you are a decent guy, I, yo, show me where you are at. More power to you. But I know that this is going to be used as fodder <laughs> for niggas who ain't shit no of course every guy is gonna hear this and and want to jump on and be like you see fantasia knows you know what she's talking about fantasia gets it. you know i even post I, i'm not saying that i'm a bad guy but i posted like she gets it and it's like yeah a lot of women have a problem submitting like and, and it's either because you had to hold down your uh, like hold shit down on your own for so long that like when when an, a guy comes into the picture and he's like yo i, I could do this like you know i could i could run How shit like you guys don't have are to- saying that that's the thing Come on, you got to be honest. Like, you see the landscape out here. Just because you may identify as that particular guy doesn't mean that that is the general rule. Like, we have a lot of women out here who, like, you know, like, I went out on a fucking date a few weeks ago. This man is telling me what you want to pay for, the drinks or the food. So who am I submitting to? Well, what what you mean? What what, what did you get? (laughs) That's who I'm supposed (laughs) to submit to? On the first date, you asking me what I'm supposed to pay for? And I'm supposed to submit to who? Like if you want if you if you want these things then you gotta also move accordingly. You want you want submission, then you gotta fucking put up. You gotta actually put up and show that you're a man who's worthy of. And I'm not even trying to use my personal anecdotal experience mm-hmm. as a rule either. But I just hear too many of these stories, and even the statistics show that men are not doing what they're supposed to do. So my thing is that like yeah whatever point taken. But first of all, I'm gonna need I I, I need 20 men. Give me two, I need a list of 20 men who are doing these things. I, I don't even know. I don't know. And even even like a lot of friends that I know and relationships that I see, I'm like, I don't want that shit. Then again, shit, they ain't nobody submit to. Like, and that's just based on his behavior. Like, not based on my ability or unwillingness to submit. Now, of course, because like you said, 
I'm on high alert because most people are trash. I can see a reality where if I was to find mm-hmm. somebody who was great, that I could be extremely apprehensive and extremely resistant to submitting for very good reason, to be honest. Right. But your <laughs> apprehension and, and your resistance could come in the form of you pushing that person 100%. away. 100%. And so, like, 100%. these guys who, they like, damn, like, I'm showing this girl I'm responsible. Like, I'm showing her I can make sound decisions. I'm right. not making a rational decision. I'm not making emotional decisions. Right. I'm a logical thinker. Like, I show her, like, I can be a leader, and she's still pushing me right. away, and she's still now, pushing back, and she's still fighting with me, and I don't want to have to deal with these fights. I could go find a girl that's going <laughs> to submit from jump. Girl. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying no color, you know now, what I'm saying? <laughs> you have to see and I'm not saying it's right, but you also right. have to imagine that like there's a certain level of like men in this society are allowed to move as they please. So if a man decides that at any point something doesn't work for them, they can get up and go and there's not that much binding them to a situation. So a man can show certain things, but a lot of times women can be like like you said, yes, very much so jaded by past experiences. I'm not saying it's fair. But I'm saying that as far as protection goes, like this, as women, we do have to protect ourselves. And so if like the consequence or trade off for protecting ourselves is that we lose out on things, it's, you know, it's it's in some ways a lot better than some of the outcomes that you hear about a lot of these women ending up in really bad situations with Mm -hmm. like not having a not having a a father in their kid's life that they expected to have. Right. Because a lot of times these men who come off as a certain type of way, they switch it up fucking late, like whenever they feel like it. So I think that there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot of lack of trust because of like what we see. So I I don't know. I just kind of feel like yeah, I agree to a lot of the points. Um, but I I, I because I understand the context, it just makes it a lot different for me. Um, especially like knowing what the alternative is. Right. Like you can find that one great guy. How many people have great guys? Let's look at, like who has a great guy. Like let's think of pop Obama. Uh, Michelle Obama <laughs> has a great guy Beyonce. from what we see. A Nico Hart. Oh, uh, can we go back to me? Uh, oh, okay. Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. So now there's a there's a young lady that was in Kevin Hart's car allegedly. Tiana Taylor. Okay. Okay. That, okay he's we the, ain't had nothing about Iman. Yeah. I, okay. I, I'm gonna say if anything, uh, she's the fuckboy, not him. <laughs> Kim, Kim Kardashian. Okay. We ain't had nothing about Kanye doing nothing. Um, you know, we haven't heard any. We've heard so uh, many other things, but we actually haven't heard guy's that. Charlamagne the guy's wife, DJ for MB's the past wife. three years. For okay. the past four years. <laughs> So, There's a lot of guys no, out not. here, and, and okay. You, and you all the I'm glad that you brought up the example <laughs> that you did, um, because none of this is reliable. What you now, mean? a little bit of cheating, like nobody's yeah, perfect. So, so I look, I, I swim in another pool okay. every now and then. Right. Like but that. The don't problem mean is women who won't submit. Okay, all right. So anyway, I just, I, I, I just don't think that out of all of the problems that uh-huh. are within relationships, that this was the one to highlight. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that it's just. I don't think it's statistically sound. I just don't. Okay, I mean, look, this is something that men and women will disagree on until right. the end of time. Because men will always agree in the favor, uh, in their own favor. Of course, and, and but my thing is, I'm I like I'm a debater. I'm thinking like really in terms of impact. Like statistically speaking, this just is not a sound probability or or uh, or root issue. If somebody tells me like, what's the root issue in like the black community or whatever? Like, I'm not gonna fucking say that like you know like uh you know the the Arab guys at the corner store are racist to black people. Sure, that might be an issue, but it's not right. a statistically significant issue. Okay. And this particular issue to me is one that like, yeah, it's an issue and it, it I'm sure it's an issue, but the numbers, like, is this is this a pervasive issue be, because there's so many great guys and so many women not submitting to great guys? Or is this like, you know, 
really very selective issue that is not you know what I mean I just that's just kind of my thing I just in terms of magnitude I I, I don't right, agree with course. it and especially because of how but she but she is not niggas are gonna like but, but the thing is and, and what I like about what she said was that like she didn't just say like we need to submit to men like yeah. she didn't just say that she did preface that oh yeah uh, she did preface it she said the right guy the right like guy. she did say certain key words that let you know like don't go out be out here submitting to a dude that's gonna you know get okay, you well, locked up no or whatever problem. but she's <laughs> saying the right guy but my my argument is that a lot of times the right guy could come along but you dealt with the wrong guy for so long that you push him away or you 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 fight with him at every turn and he's just like yo i don't want to deal with this okay and then fair. he ends up leaving or he ends up like i guess moving on with somebody else or you end up pushing him away because you're just like oh I, I don't need this person i don't need xyz and it's just like yo if you found someone if you have someone that you know, like has shown you have proven to you that i can make rational decisions I can be a logical thinker. I can make good decisions for the. <laughs> I can make good decisions for the both of us, whether you are there or not there. I'm not going to lead you down a path of destruction and bad credit and whatever the case is. Like, if you have found that guy, you should be more than willing to submit to that guy. Oof. And yes, there's there's people out there that are not worthy of a woman submitting to them. They haven't. They don't have the maturity. They don't yeah. have the capacity to lead. They don't have the understanding to lead. Like, they don't know how mm -hmm. to be that quote-unquote king. Right. And those are people that's going to jump on these comments and say, oh, yeah, you hear Fantasia, da-da-da, y'all want me to follow her, this, that, and the third. But she said the right guy. And a lot of times, the right guy gets pushed away because of previous bad experiences. Okay, sure. I can I can say that that might be true. Um, and I can also say that... Um, I can say that that is, like, that could be true. And I could also say that... Um, that I have a question as far as like you know some a guy showing you mm -hmm. these things you know kind of like what does that really mean because how long until he stops right and right. I think a and, lot uh, a sorry lot of to cut times, you off but uh, mm -hmm. by the way if you want to jump if you're listening you want to mm -hmm. chime in on the conversation seven one eight nine two eight nine seven three two uh is is the number to call in if you want to jump in and and tell me why I'm wrong or why <laughs> Eddie's right or whatever the case is <laughs> so like how long how long right like how right. long because guys switch it up every day like you have like dudes who like you know, decide that like, you know what, fuck it. I want a 20 year old, right? Like th these are the things that guys are allowed to do because it is sanctioned in society. Mm -hmm. That guys have just a lot more latitude as far as what they can do. And of course, you know, I'm not saying that like, then you, you then you don't like open yourself up to love, but I'm just saying that these are the things that kind of factor into it too. Yeah. I mean, a lot happens and, and that causes you as women to be apprehensive. Of course. Cause like um, we, you know, like, we don't have the luxury or the freedom to be able to like start a family at like 60 or 70. Yeah. Like, you know, we are honestly, honestly, one, one bad guy fools you long enough and you have a baby by him. <laughs> You're fucked. That's it. <laughs> like, that's it. You got to you know? do with this nigga for the rest for of your, rest your life. life. So that's why I've never yeah. had sex in my life. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move okay. on. Yeah. All right. So I have this one. Um, are black people expected to have relationships with toxic family members? Oof. Mm -hmm. I was uh, mm -hmm. reading. I was looking. I was looking at this article on Ooh, Madam. This Madam grandma looks stressed. The grandma um, looks stressed. <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, and 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 basically, I just had a friend who recently kind of came out of a really tough situation with her family. Her family, um, where she basically had to like cut them off, um, because yeah. for her whole life they abused her. That's a that's a hard decision uh, to come by because, um, and I know mm -hmm. a lot of people who have toxic situations with their family members. Yeah, and. You know, it's 
sometimes like even I find myself saying to them like, yo, like I know X, Y, Z is this way, but it's still your mother, still your father, mm -hmm. because I've had the luxury of not having like I have both my parents in my life. There's no I don't have a toxic situation with them. I don't have a toxic situation with any of my aunts or uncles mm -hmm. and I don't have any toxic relationship with my siblings. So I'm coming from a point of like you can always mend these relationships. Mm -hmm. But there are like families out there where someone is verbally abusive. Mm -hmm. They may be physically abusive. Emotionally. They, right. Emotionally abusive, which it's just very much a thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just like anytime you're around them, they're giving you this negative energy. Yeah. They're, they're, they're bringing you down. Mm -hmm. They're making you feel like you can't do anything right. And it's yep. like yep. at yep. one point as an adult, like you have at some point you have to look out. For your peace. Yeah. You have to look out for your mental health. You have to look out for your emotional health, your spiritual mm -hmm. health, like all of that stuff. And mm -hmm. it, and it's so like, I feel like especially as as black people, we're always like, well, that's your mom. Or that's exactly. your dad. Or that's your aunt. Exactly. That's your uncle. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can't just do that. And it's like, no matter what age you get, a lot of times in the black community, it's like they still look at you as that little kid. That they true. were changing their pampers at one point mm -hmm. and they were taking you to the store and taking you to the park. And it's just mm -hmm. like now that you're 30 and you're trying to speak <laughs> up for yourself and you're trying to defend yourself. And you're trying to say, yo, what you just said to me is fucked up. They're not trying to hear it because they still right, see you as, the kid. as this little kid. You right. know what I'm saying? And it right. causes you. And then you just wanting to have that relationship with your family. Like, who doesn't want a good relationship with their mom? Who doesn't yeah. want a good relationship with their dad or their brother right. or uncle or whatever, their grandparent? Because it's a red flag for people sometimes when they hear it without context. Like, oh, you don't talk to your family without context. Right. It might seem like you're crazy. Exactly. Like, it, you know, and it can feel embarrassing because you see it's like so many people worshiping their families, worshiping their moms, worshiping right. their dads or whoever is, is in their life that they're close to. And when you look at yourself and your situation and you don't have that, this world is already extremely lonely. So it can be like really isolating. And so sometimes that abuse might be uh, a, a more welcome alternative, you right. know? And like for me, like personally, like, you know, I've, I've, I would say that I generally had a pretty decent situation, but, you know, me and my mom bumped heads and stuff growing up and whatnot. But women always going to bump heads with of course, of course, of course, of course. I feel like it happens because you are kind of growing up to be her. Yeah. And so yeah. like women will tend uh -huh. to bump heads with guys. There, was, there were certainly a lot of times where I kind of felt like things were like mm -hmm. a lot more malicious than they needed to be. Um, And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we got to think we're black people. We're dealing with generational trauma. Yeah. And so like, and so a lot of it for me is like, Something can explain something, but it doesn't excuse it, right? Because yeah. at a certain point, as yeah, adults, exactly, that's a perfect adults, way to put it. Yeah, uh -huh, as adults, we are responsible for our behavior, mm -hmm. and if addressed and called to task on said behavior, um, and and if you're not willing to correct it or to fix it for the um for the peace of that person, that individual, that human being, that you were the vessel to bring the life to bring into this world, you are not the owner of this person's life. And so if, yeah. there's, if that respect is just one sided and, you know, a lot of times in our culture, there's a lot of one sided respect. It's like I can talk to you any fucking type of way. Mm -hmm. I could call you every every kind of bitch. Oh, in the book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can call you every type of like crazy. Not like I can say whatever I want. The minute you stand up for yo, yourself in a black family, yo, the it. minute, the minute you stand mm -hmm. up for yourself, the minute you get up and be like, yo, I don't have to take yep. this. You're really oh, you're disrespectful. disrespectful. I don't know who raised you. You're ungrateful. Mm -hmm. It's like, should yo, should have killed you at birth. It's like, like, yo, what do you want me to do? Sit vicious. here and be emotionally and verbally abused, abused and then just because you're my mother, uh -huh. just because you're my aunt, just right. because you're my grandmother. Exactly. And then that paralyzes you, like, you know, yeah. like that paralyzes you in fear to where like now it's difficult for you to, you know, like move on about your life. Sometimes even right. like when you separate yourself from those things or those toxic situations, it still lingers because mm -hmm. of the um 
because of like those words still linger in the back of your mind that sometimes those become the the reasons why you can't get things done the reasons why you're slowed down every day the yeah. reasons why you don't completely believe in yourself or why you have like I was yeah dips exactly and, you know yep. and I definitely struggle with that myself I definitely talking have talking yourself you out know, of a lot of things uh-huh. saying like you don't deserve exactly, this or exactly. saying I need to do this because I don't want to mm-hmm. let the XYZ down exactly I'm grateful that you know in my situation like you know my mom was never like a monster you know she just had a lot of things she was going through and I think like over time she was able to kind of like calm down and, and, and get a lot in a happier place you know she'd been through a lot as well growing up um, and so I'm grateful that I, my relationship with my mom kind of has right. evolved in a real yeah. positive um, direction. And I'm because not a lot of people could say that. Right. That like, you know, I've been able to overcome and oversee and overcome those obstacles of, uh, with my family because um, a lot of times, you know, and that that lingers. And, I, you know, and, and some people's family, like some people like have family where they've never been good to them. Like, you yeah. know, it's never been like, yeah, oh, and, some and days and were good. Some days were, it's like it was yo, just never good. Right. And I'm so know? like, I, I consider myself so like blessed and yeah. like, fortunate because like I can think of a lot of fun, peaceful times with my mm-hmm. with my mom or my dad, you know. And there's people that don't have a single mm-hmm. good memory of growing up with their parents. No. And it's just like I always try to. Um, empathize with those people because like yeah. I, I always when I when, and I had a lot of friends who like oh I don't fuck with my dad I don't fuck with my mom I don't fuck with certain family members for for different reasons and it's like I always see it from a standpoint of like my family uh, concept and I'm just like yo man I, I like people go years without talking to maybe a sibling mm-hmm. and right now like I can't imagine like not talking to any of my siblings mm-hmm. for even a week yeah like I can't imagine that you know what I mean? And it's just like, I have to, and, and it's something that I have to work on too, like just being more empathetic and understanding that not everybody's family structure is, was as, like yours. yeah, was like mine. And mm-hmm. and there are some very toxic family structures. There are some people who see certain family members and there's just nothing ever good to say about mm-hmm. them. Like, do you have those, those family members that's every time they see you? Oh, mm-hmm. you're getting fat. Oh, you're not married yet. Yep. Yep. Oh, oh, you you, yep. you ain't graduate yet? Mm-hmm. It's like suck it. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like oh, you don't you you're not making six figures yet? What, yeah. what are you doing with yourself? Yes. And it's just like yo, I'm fucking trying my hardest. Toxic, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that stuff is toxic. Because here's the thing too, you know, a lot of times in our culture, I remember like I was just talking to my roommate about this. Like I remember like back when I was younger, thinking like oh yeah yeah, you know like kids get beat. That's just what happens. So when I get like, just thinking of it as a default, that like oh yeah, when I get older, I'm going to beat my kids yeah. because that's what my parents did. So like, and I was never like beaten. Like I was, ne- or I was never like abused physically. I would say, um, but I got beat, <laughs> and yeah. um, and sometimes I, I don't actually. Imagine. I want to say uh, quite a few times I, I was definitely beaten when I was not when I did nothing. I wrong. can't imagine beating my daughter. Like I can't do. I yeah, can't my dad, that. my dad never <laughs> did. So think, yeah, Cause yeah, that, okay. and I appreciate that. But you know, like, but even though the message of hitting your kids or really beating your kids sends this message that like the people who love you have the right to put their hands on you. Yeah, and that, you know? yeah. And that's a real, like, negative subtext to think mm-hmm. that, like... Because oh, it because, leads to you accepting abusive behavior right. in your partner. Because you love me. You told me you love me. Yeah. Right, you I'm showed me... I'm doing this because I love right, you. Right, you showed me in a million right. ways that you love me, yet, instead of communicating, especially those who don't communicate, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, uh, and, like, and I definitely, like, yeah, you know, definitely yeah, got and, a lot of that. Like, with no communication, you're just in trouble, and now you're getting a beating, right? And, like, that's not helpful or really... That constructive because then like that you, there's so many like responses that you have like to that kind of trauma mm-hmm. of um and, and 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 scientifically it actually alters your brain chemistry and makes you like start to fuck shit start to fuck up a lot of shit in your life in terms yeah. of like your development 
So it's something that like I remember always thinking like, oh, because it happened to me, well then, then well of like, course this is how it should next, be, right? Right, and I, you know, and like I said, I don't. I don't really blame because I, I think it's about breaking a cycle. So I don't. My thing right. is I don't really like look back in the past and point fingers at everybody. I'm mm-hmm. grateful that my situation is not like that. But you know, I think more so of like what can I do with the information that I have now to like break those cycles. Yeah. You know. Um. So I just want to end off with this uh, quote here from Madame Noir. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Okay. It doesn't matter what the family uh, tie is. If someone continues to inflict emotional trauma on you, you step back and love that person from a distance. You are no one's punching bag. Children are vulnerable in so many ways that we fail to acknowledge. As parents, it is our responsibility to protect our children from abuse that is both physical and emotional in nature. If a relative's personal struggles or personality defects are causing them to inflict pain on your children, then perhaps you should cut back on the access and um, said relative has to your kids. If you don't advocate for your child's emotional well-being or model what healthy relationships look like, who will? Well said. That's a word. Well, that is a word. Okay. Well said. Um. So, are we finally at our last point? Our yes. Last topic. Yes. So, is there room for Black Republicans and their perspectives to be discussed within our community? In short, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Especially with uh with Donald Trump being in office, yeah. I think I think we have. Um, as a society, um, we are at a point now where we don't want to hear what the other side has to say. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear why they feel the way that they do. And we don't want to give them an opportunity to explain their point of view. We're just like, you're, you are supporting Trump, which means you're racist. You hate mm-hmm. black people. You're a coon. You're Uncle Tom, this, that, and the third. And, you know, and I'm I'm guilty of the same thing mm-hmm. because I was on this same microphone. Well, not this same microphone. Mm-hmm. I think it was that microphone. <laughs> but <laughs> I was I was on this very show when Kanye was supporting Trump. Yeah. And when Kanye was in the White House and when Kanye was saying all those things. And I was in this studio bashing Kanye. Mm-hmm. And it's like I think we I was too. And, and and I'm like it's like we've gotten to a point where it's like if you are not. You know, if you agree with Trump in the slightest way, you are not with us mm-hmm. and you are against us. And we don't want to hear what you have to say because it's wrong and it's ignorant because you're supporting a racist and you're supporting a bigot and 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 everything under the sun that you want to call Trump. Yeah. And I think maybe we should be more willing to have these uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. And uh, and the reason that this topic is, is has come up because the the revolt summit just happened um, this past weekend, I believe. And Candace Owens, who is one of the few black women on, mm-hmm. on Fox, um, and she was like, kind of. I mean, Ti came at her crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and I got the link there for you uh, if you want if you want to find it. it has oh, I all, watched it all. Oh, you okay? Mm-hmm. You watched, I watched okay. it all. So, last yeah. Night, so, so go ahead. I could talk about it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I definitely watched the debate. Like I said. I, I did debate growing up, right? So like, yeah, we can tell. I, <laughs> so I was always, I you know, even though I've, I've, I feel like I've definitely like taken some strong stances and like yeah. drawn some like lines and lines in the grass as far as like what, 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 it, what I, what I will and will not accept. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I definitely, I think I would say like last year, I had kind of like a Malcolm X moment <laughs> where I just started kind of seeing things a little differently. Yeah. A little bit more so as far as like, not that I can really relate to Republicans at all, but just more so just like the forum 
that like you know we are all we all have technically have free speech and the triggering part is that you're you choose to utilize your free speech to hate on me <laughs> and like yeah, right? and i think that like <laughs> that's like the hard thing right it's like right. not just to hate on me but to like hate on everybody like that's literally your like from what i perceive as your standpoint on most things so it's challenging for me to like sit down and entertain those things that really do incense me and make me feel passionate uh, or make me feel reactive because I feel more of this protection for my community and right. the people in it uh, when I hear those triggering things that like a lot of times Republicans might say. But during the debate, I was noticing that like there were certain points that she was trying, that Candace Owens was trying to get towards, mm -hmm. which I completely disagreed with. But there was some context within those points that made a lot of sense. Um, but as far as like her conclusions on those points, I thought were like short sighted. But I felt like a lot of the things she was saying to build her points, those weren't there. Were, people weren't listening to 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 how how she's how she's going about her thought process. No, and I think and, that and that's the reason why I'm going to say that this is a little pro uh, problematic is because I remember a few years ago when the Tea Party was just this right wing lunatic group. That white people were like, oh, well, no. Oh, God, the Tea Party. Oh, There's just a fucking bunch of hillbillies. Yeah, lunatics. right. Yeah. And the Tea Party is now in office. Right. So to me, I think it would be a huge disservice for us as black people to completely ignore what's going like what's going on within black communities, especially the perspectives that we have and the different conclusions we're drawing from our experiences. Because people are drawing different conclusions from our experiences. Yeah. And I think it's important that we're aware of what those are. And even if we disagree with them, I think it's important that on like that kind of forum, for at least those points to be articulated so that we can at least dissect them effectively because I don't feel like it was dissected effectively. I don't think because she made her actual... There was ways to really dissect the points. I knew where she was going with the points and I actually had quite a few rebuttals myself for the things that she was trying to bring up. My thing always has to do with magnitude. Mm -hmm. A lot of her points are ones that are like kind of like blaming the victim type thing. Yeah. And my thing is that like when you're thinking about politics from a real macro perspective, I think about the structures. So a lot of the things, the, her solutions and blaming the victims don't seem to be adequate enough for me. And I don't think that anyone really even got to that nuance because no one actually heard what she had to say. Yeah. Um, but no, T.I. was definitely like on her neck. Mm -hmm. um, T.I. was definitely not trying to hear anything she had to say. And I think that is uh, a mistake that, like I mentioned before, that we tend to do. Like, we're so like opposed to Trump and anything that mm -hmm. has to do with him that we're not even trying to hear it out. Mm -hmm. And then like the truth is that like Trump has done a few things that has helped yeah. black people. Yeah. And you know, like, you the know, like the, 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 devil, the, the devil has some like days. Right. Like what was that? That first, <laughs> that first act bill or something like that, that freed 7,000 uh, inmate incarcerated yeah. people, most of which were, were, were black mm -hmm. and, and Latino. Like, can, like you got to give him credit for that. Yeah, and, and you know what I'm saying. Did you hear how they were kind of like, oh well, he that was just opportunistic. I'm like, that was a good point that the Republicans got him on. They were like, well, it's opportunistic if he like frees people, but if he does nothing, he doesn't care. So like, right. they were like, there was like, there's really no way that he could win in right, this scenario. Exactly. No, there's and, no way. There's there's not a single and the thing. thing that is, yeah, sorry, I believe that sure it was op opportunistic, kind of yeah. like you know, uh, I guess the Kim Kardashian thing could also be opportunistic, but the impact is still there. Right, but but like if you let's say you got locked up because you got you got stopped during stop and frisk when that was the thing you got stopped and you had two point five grams of weed on you and you mm -hmm. got locked up. Do you give a damn who was in office mm -mm. that got you out? Hell no. I don't give a damn if Trump got me out and Trump is a like right? he got me out of Shit, prison. If he had a, got me out of prison, I might have had one of them red hats. <laughs> Look, man, <laughs> I just told whoever came to pick me up, hey man, give me one of them MAGA hats, mm -hmm. man. Come Shit. on now, uh, but nah, but. Candace Owens, I feel like there was a, a, an agenda 
as to why she was invited to this summit. Oh, 100%. And she was invited. It's the same way that CNN brings on someone who's a Republican just so they could get beat up on, mm-hmm. like, in a debate by the the um, Democrats. Yeah. I, I feel like that was the reason that they brought Candace Owens. They never intended yeah. for her to get out her full points. They never intended for her to be able to really express herself and really talk about why she does X, Y, Z. They put her on the stage with someone who... Clearly is in our corner, T.I. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Killer Mike, because Killer Mike was a voice of reason and throughout that whole brought thing. brought a bunch of nuanced points yes, to he the did. conversation. Yes, he did. He did. Didn't, he didn't completely jump down Candace Owens' neck like T.I. did. Um, T. I., uh, Killer Mike was definitely a voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like she was just brought onto that program just for that to happen. What yeah. T.I. did to her, she was brought on just for that to happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I don't think that that was necessarily productive, because, I mean... We, we have like we kind of have an echoing chamber within yeah. our community like I feel like we have an echoing chamber as far as like I say a point you validate it they validate it and to me it makes a lot of sense because I've applied reason to arrive at the perspectives that I have arrived at right but I think that we have to re- remember that you know there's truths that we understand to be absolute Right. And especially when you're educated, especially when you see things beyond just what it means for your immediate gain. It can be extremely frustrating when people's whole politics and perspectives are based on lining their pockets, are based on really selfish interests. And so a lot of times that is how they think. Like when you think about like a lot of Republicans who will literally like sacrifice like civil liberties for a few extra tax cuts. Like, you know, like yeah. to me, that is the that's something that I don't relate to. But at the same time, we have to understand that we live in a generation now where the truth doesn't really matter anymore. And it's not about like trying to drive home the truth. At this point, it's about trying to actually hear what the person has to say mm-hmm. and employing extreme logic to at least at least allow them to consider a different perspective. Yeah. I but at the same time, my thing is like my goal is not not necessarily to change Republicans minds. My thing is, though, to People have these concerns. She's echoing concerns that other black people have who are either not politically engaged, who are on the fence, who are frustrated and have seen years of Democrats in charge or in power and things not getting done. So they can be arriving at those same conclusions. So my thing is like, how do we get those people? And that's my thought. How do we get those people to see uh, our perspective without, you know, I would say beating down like a perspective that we disagree with? How do we do that in a more, I guess, constructive way is is where I'm at with things right now, um, especially because it, here, here we are. Right. Yeah. This is not like now. Now the, the jig is up. We know that not all black people are Democrats or liberals. Like, <laughs> yeah, we know that. Like, like we were uh, mm-hmm. fooled to believe. Right. So <laughs> now what do we do? What do we do next is the question. And um, how do we how do we do it? Yeah. OK. Well, that is that. Yeah, we could jump into our blow the whistle. All right. Um. Um. Okay. I'm gonna touch this left. one. Real okay. Quick. Go ahead. All right. So the uh, a woman. Um. <laughs> Shout out to this queen, man. She wanted to okay. save a black this, man from the. No, this woman, uh, <laughs> Valencia Love. This is blow the whistle in every sense of the word. Right, okay. Valencia Love. <laughs> love being her downfall. <laughs> Boom cha. According to time.com Yeah, that was actually pretty good. Thank you. I have some chops. Um, uh, You've been around me I'm rubbing off uh, Don't rub nothing Never, never <laughs> want to give a black man credit yes. No, no, no Sorry Fantasia Alright, um, so Valencia Love <laughs> uh, She is the woman who paid $100,000 to get R. Kelly's 
bond um, to put up his bond the last time he was arrested. Now, according to Time.com, the judge says papers that Valen- the judge says papers that Valencia Love signed clearly indicated that she could lose the money. Love's lawyer John Collins said in court Tuesday that she didn't know that when she paid 10% of a million dollar bond that Kelly would be charged federally and land in federal jail. Collins said Love now fears losing all the money as charges against Kelly stack up. So when me and um uh, Ben were talking about this yesterday, Ben was like, but how could she lose her money? Because he's in federal custody. Here we go. Uh, but Judge Lawrence Flood read sections of papers Love signed warning that the bond money could be used for R. Kelly's legal fees and that she may never see it again. Damn. Ah! I'm sorry. That, that, I had to laugh. That <laughs> deserved... Uh... Woo! Child. <laughs> you still bet. Still that that definitely deserved that laugh. Yeah, and you know, once again, I was talking about being compassionate earlier on, but fuck that! You know this nigga did it and you're just so thirsty. Yeah, like why... What did she think was going to happen? Because right. she's clearly too young for uh, R. Kelly's taste. Too young. So, you mean I mean, too, too old. old. Go- <laughs> she's clearly too old. R. Kelly ain't interested yeah, in no girl. I was going to say, because if she has $100,000, she's far too old. Yeah, R. Kelly ain't interested <laughs> in, in messing with no grown woman. No, no, we, no. We know that for no, a no, fact. No, no. So, no, she has a budget budget. That's, she's, she must be at least 40. Like, she could have... And what, what upsets me about this is that she could have took that 100K mm-hmm. and actually found some inmates that were wrongfully imprisoned. Wow. And um, could have said, all right, you know That's what? Your bill is 10000 here. Your mm-hmm. bill is 20000 here. She could actually did that. But she went for this guy who we know is guilty, who's been hiding in plain sight for the longest, who has been writing songs and kind of bragging about the fact that he's been getting away with all these statutory rapes. Mm-hmm. And she decided to put up $100,000 of her money to free this man when there are several young black brothers mm-hmm. who look as good if not better, probably just as talented as R. Kelly. In prisons. That's whole, what I'm this saying. Whole show's being built around them. Listen, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> love after lockdown. Oh my god, I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I love that damn show. Yo, if you're listening from jail, <laughs> Ben need a pen pal. Yo, do, do we get picked up in jail? You think? Huh? Do you think we get picked up in prison? Oh, uh, there's too much internet involved with this. <laughs> It's not. It's not radio connected. <laughs> yeah, these cats in prison got social media. They mm-hmm. definitely, they definitely could listen to Ben talks. I'm gonna touch on these other points next week. But you gonna do the don't at me? Um. Yeah. Actually, uh, let me do that. Okay. I'm gonna do the don't at me, and you might want to take your headphones off for this. Uh, maybe you could relate to this one too. All right. So this week's <laughs> don't at me. All right. Is for those people who like to get under Addy wants to and wants to be part of the. <laughs> listen. Nah, this week's Don't At Me goes to you people out there who like to comment under pictures of people's parties and get-togethers and gatherings and say, oh, no invite. No. You know why you don't get an invite? Because we don't hang out. I don't know you, nor do I like you. So why on earth do you think I'm going to hit you up and tell you that I'm having an event at my house, at some bar, at some club? No. I don't like you. And if I didn't make it clear before, it is clear now. So don't ask me, wow, why didn't you invite me? Wow, no invite. Why didn't you tell me? It's because I don't like you. Okay, that's why I didn't tell you. I didn't want you there because you, your presence would have taken down my entire mood. If you are one of those people that like to comment, no invite underneath pictures of gatherings of people having fun, you, my friend, are an asshole and you're a jerk. I said what I said. Now don't at me. All 
right. Yeah, man, those well, people are so annoying. Yeah, I know. I'm no like, invite. Well, yeah, it's no. like, when have I ever invited you anywhere? <laughs> when have I ever hit you up? Right, and slash like, and so, <laughs> when have you hit me up? Like, yeah, right? You know we doing this for Instagram. We I know. watched you get married. Mm-hmm, right. And I did not say <laughs> no invite. But yet... <laughs> You're coming underneath my picture of this family gathering right. and you're saying no invite. Right. No, I didn't invite you right. because, quite frankly. Because you're a non-motherfucking factor. There you go. And I never liked you to begin with. <laughs> and I needed the follows. And so I let you follow me on Instagram. But I have no intentions of hanging out with you. I have no intentions of meeting you in person. As a matter of fact, when I see you in person. I will act like I don't see you. Ben don't like people, so he's I don't really like not people. interested in new friends. I like you, Addie. Thank and you know who else I like? I like Rachel C. Who's coming up yes, next? Rachel Do not go anywhere. Stay locked in. It's Ben Ooh. Talks. Uh, everyone stay safe this weekend. And I want to see my listeners at the LT Brunch this Saturday. Yes. It's going down, man. It's an all-inclusive brunch. There. All right. $60 gets you unlimited food and unlimited drinks. I mean, it's the best thing since Woodland. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. Okay. All right, Harry and I will just see up next. Do not go anywhere. Stay locked into Radio Free Brooklyn. Everyone stay safe this weekend, and I'll catch you all next week. Peace out.